its word, and oftentimes it is the word that had already been planted in their heart. So we're going to get into that and how to have a healthy relationship with the word of God. First of all, let me say, how blessed are we to have the Holy Scriptures? We should never overlook that blessing. We should never take that blessing for granted. To be able to open up this holy book. That's what the Bible is. It's a book. The word Bible means book. It's, it, and when we say it, it has such connotation, such spiritual connotation. The Bible. But, but what makes it a holy Bible is the, the one who inspired the words that are contained within this book. This is a highly respected book throughout the world. Many people look to it as a means of inspired literature or inspiring literature. But nonetheless, it's more than that. It is the inspired word of Almighty God. It is the inspired word of our great Creator. So the fact that we have this Bible comprised of 39 books in the Old Testament, 27 books in the New Testament, complete with books of Revelation. Not only is the last book of the Bible a book of Revelation, but the first book of the Bible is a book of Revelation. And it was given by God, the Bible says, to holy men of old who spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. And when you look at the word of the Lord, the word of the Lord is consistent. It is consistent. As a matter of fact, even if you come across a passage that appears to be inconsistent, you have not discovered a reason to doubt. Keep digging. Keep searching. Keep delving deeper into what seems to be inconsistent and you will find a profound insight into the glory and the knowledge of God. It has no inconsistencies. The word of the Lord has disproven its naysayers, its accusers throughout the ages. Dictators have banned it. Dictators have burned it. Governments have tried to put it out beyond the reach of people for generations, but here it stands, the test of time. Hallelujah. Sister Heidi remembers being in Bulgaria, and it was, it was of course, during a time of, of communism, and, and it was after communism had fallen, the people had not had access to the Bible the way we have access to the Holy Bible. And she and Sister Tenny and her mother, of course, Sister Enos and Sister Rodenbush, were passing out Bibles to hungry people who had been without the Word of God for so many years, and they were desperate. When, when they opened that truck that was filled with those Bibles, those people gathered around like it was the iPhone 10 coming out. They were hungry. They were desperate for the Word of God. They passed out every single one of those Bibles until finally they ran out of Bibles. But sadly, they had not run out of people. And the people who left without a Bible began to weep and wail and moan because they were so excited to get their hands on a Bible and take it into their home. They had been deprived of it for so many years. Sister Heidi began to, 
to weep as she saw mothers with children turn away and and she realized there's no way we can give them a bible we've run out of bibles and here we have how many of them and they sit on our shelves and do we crack them do we open them do we read them or do we rely on what we read sometime back how often do you read your favorite account do you have a ready answer for what is your favorite scripture and has it been your favorite scripture for 20 years or i find that somebody asked me what my favorite scripture is and it's different every day and I thought, oh, well, I, I used, this used to be my favorite scripture, but this is the scripture that ministers to my needs right now. And this is what God is speaking to me in this day. And, and so, so do you have a ready answer? What is it that's feeding your soul? What is it that's guiding you and leading you? Because that's what God's word is designed to do is to lead us and to guide us. That's what Jesus said concerning the Holy Ghost. He said, the Holy Ghost shall be inside of you and he shall bring to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. The Holy Ghost is designed to quicken the word of God to our memories. I find this to be the case when I'm preaching the word of the Lord or teaching the word of the Lord. Uh, This is why... When an anointed preacher is preaching or teaching, there will be times he's, just, he's not just trying to prolong the service, contrary to popular belief in many cases. He's not just trying to make everybody sit longer and listen to him. He's not in love with his own voice. But there will be some kind of a quickening in the spirit and a word, hallelujah, that perhaps didn't make it into the notebook, perhaps didn't make it into that particular session as to a premeditated idea for presentation, but it is a quickening word from God that is delivered by the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. That's what the word of God is designed to do. And so we are so blessed and so grateful, should be so grateful to have access to the word of the Lord. I'm going to read to you some verses of scripture from one of the great passages of the Bible. Psalm 119. The most intimidating chapter in the Bible. They say you call them divisions in the book of Psalms. They're not chapters. They're, they're psalms. That's what they are. They are psalms. Uh, but, but nonetheless, it, it's, it, when you decide to read, I'm going to bless God, I'm going to read three chapters a day. And then you get to Psalm 119. And you start feeling like maybe I need to split that up a little bit and take it one piece at a time. It is the longest chapter, for sake of a term, in the Bible. It has 176 verses. It is the longest uh, chapter in the Bible, Psalm 119. And I want to read just a few uh, verses of Scripture from it. I want to, of course, read Psalm 119, verse 11. Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. Thy word have I hid in mine heart, that I might not sin against thee. You ask the question, why hide his word in my heart? He answers it, that I might not sin against thee. You know, what a wise man to know the devastation of sin. Sin is like a cancer. Sin is like a plague. Sin is like a pandemic that affects everything around you. And he said, I don't want it. I don't want it in my life. I I need to be as far from it as I possibly can. I know how to handle that then. To hide God's word in my heart. 
that I might not sin against the Lord. If you're wrestling with temptation, hide his word in your heart. If you want to, if you want to give yourself strength against temptation, hide his word in your heart. If you want to prevent yourself from backsliding, hide his word in your heart. Hallelujah. And I'm telling you that what you'll find is that when the temptation comes, when the enemy comes, if that word of God is being exercised in your heart, coupled with the power of prayer, the Lord goes before you and fights your battles. Hallelujah. Psalm 119 verse 15. I will meditate in thy precepts and have respect unto thy ways. Notice the, notice the, notice the, uh, the flow there. Notice the order there. I will meditate in thy precepts and have respect unto thy ways. It's not vice versa. I will have respect unto thy ways and meditate in thy precepts. No, you don't flip a switch and have respect unto the ways of God. You meditate in his precepts and then you begin to develop a respect for his ways. That's how you develop a respect for his ways. You might, that's why some people might look at the Christian life and say, I could never do that. I could never live like that. I know me. I got issues. You don't know me. I know me. I could never be one of you people who serve God, who go to church, who, who, who they think sometimes they either think that you're, you're too good to be true or you're a hypocrite or something. They can't put it all together. Listen, none of us are able to do this by ourselves. Not one of us is able to say that we have respect under the ways of God in our flesh. But I will tell you that if you'll meditate in his precepts, he will form a respect for his ways in your heart. Hallelujah. And so there are two words here that we don't talk a lot about, and I'm going to get into them just a little bit here. One is meditate, and one is precept. We don't talk about them. Meditate in his precepts. Number one, precepts. Let's deal with precept. That word precept, that, that root word, C-E-P-T, has to do with birth. It's where we get the word concept or conception, conceive, perception. It's when something is birthed in our mind, how you perceive something. It means something's being perceived in, it is being birthed into your mind and birthed from your mind. And, and so there's perception, there's, there's conception, there's deception. It's when, it's when something is being killed that was alive and you're being deceived and so so when he says i will meditate in thy precepts he's talking about precept he's talking about pre-birth he's talking about before anything was birthed i meditate in the truths that were there before anything else was there see that's what you get when you get a hold of god's word you're getting a hold of truth that existed before anything else existed. You're getting a revelation of the lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. Hallelujah. You're not getting the tainted pop psychology. You're not getting the jaded pop culture ideas and conjecture and opinions and speculation. You're not getting Karl Marx's ideology. You're not getting Charles Darwin's philosophies and theories. You're getting the precepts. You're getting the stuff that has been here from before time. 
time began. Hallelujah. So David said, I don't just want to become acquainted with your precepts. I don't want to just skim through your precepts. I don't want to just chalk through a morning devotion of your precepts and then get on with my day. He said, I want to meditate in thy precepts. And if I meditate, hallelujah. See, we don't use that word very often. Let me tell you something. Uh, We need to get our words back. The New Age mystics are trying to steal Bible words from the church. Let me give you a good Bible word that belongs to the church and not to the mystics. Trance. That's a kind of a spooky word, right? But the Bible says that Peter prayed himself into a trance. Basically, he prayed himself into a position where everything went quiet and he had an audience with God. Hallelujah. And we gave that to the mystics. And so the mystics will will kind of get into a zone where they go into a trance and come into an audience where they think that they're talking to themselves or receiving some self-enlightenment or some self-strength when in fact they're getting in tune with some ungodly demon that's giving them some ungodly direction. We need to... We need to, here's another word, meditate. The mystics don't hold the corner on meditation. The church should be meditating upon the things of God. When we meditate, we don't meditate on things of self. We don't meditate on things of of self-strength. We don't meditate on things of self-enlightenment. We don't meditate on, on what we are capable of doing. But when we meditate, we meditate upon the precepts of God. We meditate upon what is true, what is pure, what is holy. Hallelujah. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise. Hallelujah. What did he say? Think on these things. What is he telling us to do? Meditate. At one point he said, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, making melody in your heart to the Lord. In Psalm 1 he said, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. Hallelujah. You know, we can't do that. A lot of times because we're not acquainted enough with his law to even meditate on it. We, we skim through it. We read a chapter here, chapter there, or we try to fit three or four or five or six into one setting. And then we're, we're, we're doing it while we're, we're sipping coffee and checking Facebook. But he said, understand his law to the point that you can meditate on it. Day and night. Fall asleep to it. You know, my mother used to put uh, Bible cassette tapes on in our rooms when we were little. And we'd fall asleep to the Word of God playing. And, uh, and, and the Word of God would just roll over and roll over. And that's how we'd fall asleep growing up as kids. And it would just, it would just we didn't even know what was going on. We just fell asleep to the soothing sound of scriptures. I'm going to tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. It'll get down in you. It'll get down in you and it will work like a fire shut up in your bones. And it'll, it'll get into your spirit. It'll get into your mind. And all of a sudden, you have, a, you have a Rolodex of how you should be approaching things. You have a Rolodex that, that, that gives you an idea of how you should be dealing with certain challenges. 
And so, so it's important to get that word in your heart and to meditate in his precepts. Amen. Psalm 119, we're going to continue now. Verse 89, forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. That's what you need to know about the word of God. The word of God is forever settled in heaven. This isn't, this isn't something that changes with one Congress to another Congress. This isn't something that, that alternates with each passing generation. Generations don't get to come onto the scene and say that this is what the word of God means now and we're going to change it from its original meaning. No, no, his word is forever settled in heaven. You're getting something that never changes. I'm telling you, that should bring us so much peace. When I consider, you know, there's a lot of change that goes on in the world. When you think about it, there's so much change. So many institutions that, that shut down and close down. So many people that pass on. So many, so many trends come and go. So many things change. But when you open up this book, folks, I'm going to tell you, Psalm 23 is still Psalm 23. Hallelujah. Philippians 4.13 is still Philippians 4.13. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Jo- Joshua 24.15 is still Joshua 24.15. This book never changes. God never changes. He said, I am the Lord. I change not. He is forever settled. And he's going to be settled so you can build your family on it. He's going to be settled so you can build your marriage on it. It's going to be settled so you can build your prayer life on it. It's going to be settled so you can put your trust in him so that when you walk through the valley of the shadow of death you're not walking through there alone hallelujah but you're going to where this bible tells us we're headed hallelujah notice what he said in psalm 119 93 i will never forget thy precepts for with them thou hast quickened me psalm 119 verse 97 oh how love i thy law Here it is again. It is my meditation all the day. So what is it that you have throughout your day that distracts from that? What is it? What are the the things that you don't have to allow into your life, but you choose to allow them into your life, and they war for how you meditate and what you meditate on? That's why worry is such deception. The enemy loves to deceive us with worry. Get us worrying about this, fretting about that, all anxious about this. And the apostles are pleading with us, be careful for nothing. They're not telling you to go, you know, do donuts on the interstate in the ice. That's not, he's not saying be careful for nothing. He's saying be full of care for nothing. Don't sit around and fill yourself with, with all of this cares of life worrying fretting because it's a distraction and you're not able then to meditate hallelujah on the law of God notice what he said in Psalm 119 verse 105 thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path two different ways that God enlightens us through his word a lamp to our feet In other words, he shows you the next step. But he's not just a lamp to our feet. He's a light to our path. His word is a light to our path. So not only does he show us the next step, but he shows us where we're headed. Now, 
we may not necessarily see between the next step and the end result. That's what we want, right? Everybody wants that. We, we know what God wants us to do next. His word tells us what we're supposed to do next. And we know where he's taking us. His word tells us where he's taking us. But what we really have struggled with in our faith is that space between our next step and where we are going to be arriving. Where we will be arriving. And, and so trust the Lord. Trust his word. Hold fast to his word. Let his word be a lamp to your feet. And let his word be a light unto your path. Psalm 119, verse 113, I love this. I hate vain thoughts. If you live long enough, you start hating vain thoughts. Trivial thoughts. Now, we all think to ourselves, oh, I'm not vain. I'm the least vain person you've ever met. You may not, well, you, I don't know. You may be taking all kinds of selfies, looking in the mirror all the time. I don't know how vain. But the vanity he's talking about is triviality. He's talking about being trivial. I hate trivial thoughts. But thy law do I love. Notice what he said. Thou art my hiding place. Thou art my shield. I hope in thy word. That's why he loves his law. Some people look at the law of God and say, I, I could never even... I can't even bear to listen to it, let alone ever imagine myself being at a place where I love it. It's hard to sit in one setting and listen to his law because his law is so perfect. I am so undone and imperfect that it is hard for me. And some people find it hard. Some people find it hard even to come to church because they hear the, the, the exaltation of a perfect God and it reminds them of their own imperfection and sometimes they're not there. They can't handle it and they, they say they, they, the conviction is so much that they don't think they can do it. But notice what David said. He said, I hate vain thoughts. I've learned to hate them. They produce nothing good in my life. So I've learned to hate them. I've learned to love your law because you are my hiding place and, and your word, your word is my hope, my ho I hope in your word. And that's how you begin to love his law, is you begin to realize his law is your shelter. His law is your refuge. His law is where you can run and find safety. Psalm 119, verse 130, I love this. The entrance of thy words giveth light. It giveth understanding unto the simple. Why do you need to have a relationship with the word of God? Right there. The entrance of thy words giveth light. It giveth understanding unto the simple. Hallelujah. And so many people don't know how bright their future is because they're walking in darkness. I'm going to say that again. Many people don't know how bright their future is because they're walking in darkness. If you will have a relationship with the word of God, no matter how bleak your future may feel or seem to you, the entrance of his words giveth light. That's why somebody can be going through the darkest period of their life and they just crack open the book of Psalms and it's like a ray of light bursts forth from the pages. They just, they're going through the most difficult season and they can't imagine what life will be like in two years or five years and they're not sure how they're going to get through this but they crack open the book of Matthew 
and a ray of light comes shining through. Because the entrance of thy words giveth light. It giveth understanding unto the simple. So I, I want to point out how important it is to have a relationship with the word of God. I want to read to you from Isaiah chapter 28 and verse uh, number uh, 9. Isaiah 28 verse 9. We're going to revisit this word precept again. Okay? There are precepts that God wants to teach us. These are truths that existed before anything else existed. See, that's who God is. God isn't the creation of man. He's the creator of man. God is not able to be defined by man. God is the creator of man. God is not somebody that fits into our box. And so, so we have to understand precepts. There are, truth, there are truths that exist before time that only the word of God can teach us. And these are the superior, this is the superior truth. And it is superior to what the world deems as being true. These are the superior things. It's what gives us an upper hand over our adversary. He can't bring to me this nonsense about God not having any time for me because I understand a precept. God is love. That's a precept. It existed before time began, before birth. So whom shall he teach knowledge? Isaiah 28, 9. And whom shall he make to understand doctrine? Them that are weaned from the milk and drawn from the breast. For here it is. For precept must be upon precept. Line upon line. Line upon line, here a little and there a little. For with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people. To whom he said, this is the rest, wherewith you may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing, yet they would not hear. But the word of the Lord was unto them. Here it is, precept upon precept. Precept upon precept. Line upon line. Line upon line, here a little, and there a little. Now, it's important that we understand that God puts his precepts in our lives and fastens them to other precepts. And God puts his lines in our lives and fastens them to other lines. It is geometrically sound when we are praying and having a healthy relationship with the word of God it becomes geometrically sound the Bible talks about us being built up in our most holy faith the Bible refers to us being his workmanship he is working us and developing us and building us up edifying us making us in his image and he does it precept upon precept line upon line and, and he wants us to grow here a little, there a little. So this is how we learn. We, we come, you know, it starts with the fear of God. That's a precept. The fear of God is a precept. It goes into the love of God. That's a precept. It goes into the wisdom of God. That's a precept. And then he starts adding lines to our lives where he begins to create boundaries for us and, and begins to show us what is the good way. He begins to teach us what is the narrow way. Here is the way. Walk therein. And you don't put a line where a precept is supposed to go. Amen? 
See, a lot of times, see, a lot of times people just want to throw a line on something and say, no, I'm going to put a line here. Don't cross this line. And it's not the place for a line. It's the place for a precept. And a person will abide by the line, but they'll never get the precept. The word of God is supposed to, to give you the precepts and the line. So having a healthy relationship with the word of God is what gives us this kind of growth where we can grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And so I want to, I want to uh, talk to you a little bit about how to have a healthy relationship with the word of God. First of all, it's important that we understand we are to read the word of God. Amen. Read the word of God. Um, and as you, as you can. Now, a lot of people have struggled with reading. I know of a particular lady. I love this story. She was in Brother and Sister Enos' church in Germany. And she had a, uh, she'd received the Holy Ghost. And when she received the Holy Ghost, she said, I want to begin reading the word of the Lord. Uh, there are a number of wonderful programs. First of all, you can start at Genesis 1 and just read all the way through. Just read, 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 read. You'll come across every one of those stories that you love, that you've heard. And you'll begin to say, oh, that's what pastor was preaching about on, you know, that one time. Or, or I remember hearing that in Sunday school. Or I, I remember somebody talking about that. I didn't know, I didn't know, I didn't know Noah built the ark. I didn't know Jonah got swallowed by a great fish. I didn't realize it was Daniel that was in the lion's den. And it, the, the Bible will start coming together. You'll begin to realize, oh, Solomon was David's son. And, and you'll start seeing these things that make sense. And it just, it's cool. It's amazing. It's awesome. And, and so she said, I want to start learning. I want to read the word of God. And so while she begins to read the word of God, she starts on Genesis 1. That was on Sunday. By Wednesday night Bible study, she came back and said, oh, my word. I can't put it down. She said, I'm, I'm to the book of Judges. By Wednesday and brother Enos said well that's amazing he said you know that's really amazing he said you got through a, a, quite a bit he said you know you can get on a, a kind of a structured regiment too if you want to she said oh no I can't put it down she said you don't understand before I received the Holy Ghost I could not read she said I would look down at the page and the words would dance around and they would not configure in my estimation I could not put them into the right order she said but when God filled me with the gift of the Holy Ghost the words began to settle on the page and she said I can't put it down hallelujah and so if you're able as much as you're able read the word of the Lord and and look for ways to understand the word of the Lord. And, and in connection to that, reading is to study the word of the Lord. Study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed. So reading and studying the word of the Lord. When you hear of a, a, a subject, study it out. Study it out. If you have a favorite passage of scripture in the bible and you could quote it go read it again and read the chapter before that and read the chapter after that get the context down get acquainted with the law of god your favorite psalm go read the whole psalm hallelujah your favorite verse read the 10 verses before it and the 10 verses after it if you if you've got 
faith. If you're, if you're wanting to study faith, search it out. Search it out. Faith, faith. Look, look at the faith of the, of the saints and, and read Hebrews 11 and carefully study. And every person that's mentioned in Hebrews 11, go back to their story and read about what Hebrews 11 is referring to in their life. Study the word of God, what's happening. You're giving his word entrance into your life and is giving light to you. He's enlightening your mind. He's enlightening your circumstances. He's going to enlighten your path. Hallelujah. His word will be a lamp to your feet and his word will be a light unto your path. Amen. In conjunction with reading and studying the word of God, and especially for somebody who is challenged with reading, is hearing the word of God. Hearing the word of God is so important, and it's important to have a healthy relationship with the word of God. It's necessary that you hear the word of God. You know, if, you, uh, if, if reading is a challenge, hear it. On, I, I talked about the cassette tape that my mother would play. Sometimes, even to this day, I get more from hearing the Word of God read to me than I do from reading it myself. Because my mind is everywhere. Ev period, re period, where period. So sometimes it's good for me just to listen to somebody. Sometimes I'll just have my wife here read chapter such and such for me and she'll just read it to me and the Lord will begin to illuminate my mind and illuminate my spirit because there's something about hearing the word of God. And the Bible describes it and tells us, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You know why God gave us audible perception? To hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. That's why he said, he that hath an ear, let him hear. Amen. It is so we can hear the word of the Lord. It's important not only to hear the word read to us, but also hear the word of God preached and taught. Amen. It's important to hear the word of God preached and taught. What I do as a pastor is is I, I delve into the scriptures and the Bible, the book of Acts actually instructs pastors to be people of the word and prayer and immersed in the word of God, immersed in prayer so that that when the word of the Lord goes forth to the body of Christ, it is seasoned with prayer and it is covered with prayer and it is sought out and searched out and, and and then a word from God. See, what's happening is the word of God and the spirit of God are quickening his voice to the, to the mind and the mouth of the preacher. And as the word of God goes forth, it is ministering to specific needs that are represented. And it may hit somebody in this room. It may hit multiple people in this room. It might be hitting somebody on the podcast right now. It, it, the word of God knows where it's going and it won't return void. And I'm going to tell you something. The devil will do everything he can to keep you from hearing it. So... Be careful when you decide, I'm not going to worry about hearing the word of God tonight. Because there's a reason the enemy doesn't want you to hear the word of God tonight. Hear the word of God. And let the word of God minister to you and speak to you and give you light to your path. And be a lamp to your feet. Amen. I'll never forget, speaking of preachers going for a long period of time. Now, I don't know anything about that. No, I don't know anything about that. So, but, but, you know, there are some preachers who have gone 
a little longer than normal. Y'all wouldn't know anything about that either, you know, just. But I remember I was preaching in San Diego, California, and um, my dad and I were preaching a men's conference, a father-son retreat, actually. And, uh, and they had my dad and I preaching it. And uh, I got up and preached a message, and you all have heard me preach it. It's called Buried with the Bones of the Prophet. It's a message all about the story of Josiah. It's all about Josiah. And, 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 it's, and it deals with his life and his, his kingship and his ministry. So I finished preaching, and then my dad got up and preached a message on grace. And he preached grace inside and out, up one side and down the other. And at the end of the service, a man came up with tears in his eyes, and he said, you know what? He said, I, I've been struggling with, with, with my life, my uh, being a good husband, being a good father. I say, he said, I prayed, God, help me to be the kind of father you want me to be. Let your word minister to me. He said, and I believe the Lord has spoken to me today. He said, I uh, have two children, a boy and a girl. The boy's name is Josiah, and the girl's name is Grace. <laughs> and I thought, you know what? Just preach what God puts on your heart to preach. Because God knows why he's putting it on your heart to preach it. And if you'll put it out there and somebody hears the word of the Lord, hallelujah, it's going to help them. It's going to strengthen them. It's going to edify them. Amen. So having a healthy relationship with the word of God, you read it and study it. You hear it. You memorize it. Memorize the word of God. Memorize the word. You say, I don't have a good memory. A lot of people don't have a good memory. But what you can remember, remember it. And you'll be surprised what you do remember. A lot of times you'll just be going along and the enemy will come against you and you'll say, wait a minute, there's a scripture for that. And you'll be, you'll be tempted to do something or go somewhere. You know it's not supposed to be uh, something that you're engaged in. And you'll say, no, 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 there's a scripture about this somewhere. Because you've been reading, you've been studying, you've been listening, you've been hearing the word of God and but, but there are passages you need to commit to memory if you can. If you are able to memorize it, memorize the word of the Lord. Be able to quote the word. I'm glad Jesus could quote the word. Now, he had an advantage because he was the word. But I'm glad he could quote the word when the devil came to him and said, fall down and worship me. When the devil came to him and said, turn these tables of stone into bread. When the devil came to him and said... All manner of temptation. I'm grateful that Jesus was able to say, it is written, it is written. I'm not going to cast myself down. I'm not going to fall down and worship you. I'm not going to turn these tables of stone into bread because I have a word in my heart. Hallelujah. It was written in his heart. Amen. So memorize the word of the Lord. Get, get you some scriptures on healing and memorize them. Get you some scriptures on peace of mind and memorize them. Get some scriptures about God not giving us the spirit of fear and memorize it and quote it. Open up your mouth and declare it in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. That word you're quoting is forever settled in heaven. That word you're quoting is a precept. Hallelujah. That when you apply it to another precept, you are being built up on your most holy faith. Thank you, Jesus. This is making you a mature Christian. Don't just memorize the scripture. Oh, here's a big one. Five points. Read it, hear it, memorize it. Fourth, apply it. Or, or, or let's get more biblical. Obey it. Don't just, listen, I'm going to tell you something. There's a lot of folks that can quote this Bible and don't obey it. 
There's power in obeying. There's power in obeying the word of the Lord. Hallelujah. There's power in obeying the word of the Lord. James described it in his, <clears throat> in his uh, epistle. James wrote to the Jews, and this is what he said in James uh, chapter 1. He explained, verse 22, Be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For behold, he beholdeth himself, goeth his way, and this is what happens. He straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. So what you have here, I just talked about the importance of hearing the word of God. Hearing the word of God can change your life. But here's how it changes your life. Do it. If you, if you, if you, here's what hearing the word of God will do. It will stand before you as a mirror. And get, it's one of those big mirrors, those magnifying glass mirrors or magnifying mirrors. We all hate those magnifying mirrors. Don't act like you like it. We all hate it. It shows every flaw. It shows every inconsistency. It shows everything we don't like about ourselves. And that's what the Word of God does. If we have an honest relationship with hearing the Word of God, the Word of God is not just for encouragement. It is also for correction. Amen. It is also for, with, for uh, uh, correction. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Amen. And so, so when you talk about the Word of God and you hear the Word of God, it's like a big magnifying mirror in front of you. And it shows you every pride and envy and lust and judgmentalism and self-righteousness and 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 all of your your prayerlessness gets exposed to you your it's pointed out to you where your doubt exists that's not god being mean to you that's god saying look you want to you want to make some improvements i'm going to show you what can be improved and i'm going to empower you to improve it so you walk away from that experience not saying good i got out of there now i can go do what i want to do no you walk out of there and do what the word of god revealed to you needs to be done if you don't do that then you stop the process of having a healthy relationship with the word of god it's simply being a hearer but if you will do it then you're becoming a mature Christian and you'll be blessed in your deed. Hallelujah. Otherwise, you will, not, you will go from being a hearer of the word to what James called you, a forgetful hearer of the word. Amen. So obey the word of God. Finally, the final way that I want to talk to you about the way that you and I should have a healthy, well-rounded relationship with the word of God that is a good habit that creates strong disciplines and that results in mature Christians is this. Teach it. Teach the word of God. Share it. Share what you know. Amen. I want to tell you something. Something happens when you teach the word of God. Uh, I, I'm thankful to be able to, to teach the word of God as I do and preach the word of God as I do. I want to let you know I learn something every time I preach and teach. Every time I preach and teach, I learn something new about God. 
Because as it's coming out of your mouth, the Holy Ghost is quickening what's coming out of your mouth. And as it's coming out of your mouth, there's new light and there's new understanding that is coming to you even as you're speaking the Word of God. And I remember one of the first times it ever happened to me. I was a young preacher. I was 15 years old. I was preaching my first revival in Huntington, West Virginia, full-fledged revival. I had preached sermons before that, but this was a full-fledged revival. And I was preaching, and I had preached a message called the House of Flesh. And it was all about spiritual drunkenness. And it was about a king by the name of Elah who went down to the house of Arza and he would get drunk in the house of Arza. And, and Zimri was the captain of his chariots and Zimri was watching for him to be vulnerable and when he saw him vulnerable, he killed him, took his throne. And the message was to not get intoxicated on your flesh because the devil's waiting for you to get intoxicated in your flesh and he's going to pounce on you in that moment. And try to destroy your life. And so I was preaching that message. You go down to the house of flesh. You indulge in what your flesh offers up to you. You be careful. Because there's a devil lurking behind the corner. And he's waiting for you to get drunk on your flesh. He's waiting on you to get intoxicated on your flesh. And he's going to pounce on you. When you're in that intoxicated state. He's going to pounce on you. When you're in that drunken state. Be careful there's a devil. Looking for you to get drunk. So he can kill you. That was the message. And as I'm preaching the message, I, I started to quote a scripture. I didn't even know why I was quoting the scripture. I just knew it said something about the devil trying to kill us. And as the words came out of my mouth, the Lord quickened it to my understanding. And I was preaching all about not to get drunk on your flesh because the devil's trying to kill you. And these were the words that came out of my mouth. Be sober. Be vigilant. For your adversary is as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. That wasn't in my notes. I was 15 years old, but the Holy Ghost quickened it. And I realized, oh, that's what the Bible's talking about when it tells us to be sober. Don't get drunk on your flesh. Don't give in to the flesh. Don't indulge in the flesh. Because there's a devil waiting to strangle you and a, an adversary waiting to devour you. That came from teaching the word of God. That didn't come from reading. That didn't come from hearing. That didn't come from memorizing. That didn't come from even obeying. I had done all of that. It came from teaching. And so it's important. You say, I don't really think I could share the word of God. Absolutely you can. You don't have to, you don't have to be the scholar, scholar, the theologians, theologian. You just, just share the gospel. Hallelujah. Well, I don't know if I can do it. Oh, absolutely you can. You shall receive power after that. The Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me. In Jerusalem and Judea and in Samaria and under the uttermost parts of the earth. So teach the word of God. Share the word of God with a co-worker. Share the word of God with a family member. Share the word of God with a friend. Share the word of God with somebody the Lord moves on your heart to share the word of God with. Share the word of God with them. Teach them. You want to have a healthy relationship with the word of God? Read and or study the word of God. Hear the word of God. Memorize the word of God. Obey the word of God. Teach the word of God. And I'm going to tell you something, ladies and gentlemen, if you'll do that routinely, you will find the word of God to be that sharp, powerful, two-edged sword, quicker than anything, more powerful than anything you've ever experienced in your life. Hallelujah. 
That's what God wants his word to be to you. Could you lift your hands with me right now in the presence of the Lord? Thank you, Jesus. I praise you, God, for your goodness. I praise you for your word, O oh Lord. Have your way in this house, in Jesus' name. Lord, you're doing something at First Apostolic Church. You're doing something miraculous. You're doing something supernatural and powerful. Open our hearts and our minds to it, O oh God, I pray in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray that every person in this congregation, I pray right now that you will equip them with that powerful sword of truth, O oh God. That two-edged sword that came out of your mouth in the book of Revelation. I pray, oh God, that you'd put it in our mouth. The word of faith being nigh unto us, even in our mouth. Let it go forth. Let it go forward, oh God. To deliver, to set free. Hallelujah. To set at liberty them that are bruised. To preach deliverance to the captives. To bind up the brokenhearted. Hallelujah. To preach the gospel to the poor. Let it be, oh God. If you want it to be done in your life, say, Lord, let it be done in my life. Let it be done in my life. Lord, let it be done in my life. Hallelujah. Could we stand to our feet right now in the presence of God? Thank you, Jesus. Come on, let's just lift up our hands unto heaven. Hallelujah. Asking God, come on, let's ask him to help us to have a healthier relationship with his word, more productive in our relationship with his word. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Tomorrow morning when you wake up, you might already have a designated reading schedule. If you do, stick with it. Do it. Do it. If you're intimidated by reading the Word of God in the morning, just start somewhere. Anywhere. Just open up your Bible and start. And just, just whatever it is. Whatever it is that leads you there. I mean, you might, first thing you look at the clock and it says, 6.04. Turn to Deuteronomy 6.4. Start there. Whatever it is that jogs you, triggers you, and, and go there and start looking into the word of the Lord and let him feed you. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you what. He'll show you in this book. He'll show you how to be a better spouse. He'll show you how to be a better parent. He'll show you how to be a better brother, how to be a better sister. He'll show you how to be a good elder. He'll show you how to be a good young man, a good young woman. He'll show you how to treat your neighbor. He'll show you how to treat your parents. He'll show you how to treat your, he'll show you how to treat your brother and sister in the Lord. He'll show you how to dress. He'll show you how to eat. He'll show you what to do with your time and what not to do with your time. Everything you need, you will find it in this book. Hallelujah. I know we're tired tonight and I know it's cold outside. But I wonder if we could all just, just unanimously lift up our hands unto God and say, God, I, I want to have a stronger relationship with your word. Lord, I want to know your law and the precepts of who you are so well that I can meditate on them even when I don't have, even when I don't have a, an app playing scriptures in my ears. I can meditate on your word. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I'm going to tell you something. This word of God will go before you and fight your battles. This word of God will go before you and it will fight fear on your behalf. This word of God will go before you and fight temptation before it even comes your way. This word of God, this word of God, have a relationship with it. Let it be a habit that develops into a discipline. 
that matures you as a Christian, as a believer. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, precious Jesus. Come on, let's let the Lord do it right now. Let's let the Lord do it right now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.